Thank you, worship team. I have to tell you guys, you uh, you sounded really good, especially in that last song. You guys were belting that out. Good job. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. Beautiful morning. <clears throat> Our crazy weather. You guys like that? It was 50, what, 55 degrees or so this morning we got up. Wonderful. It's going to be like 92 tomorrow and then 65 on Well, um, I know not everyone was here last week. I assume that most of you know, but just because uh, just I don't want to leave anybody out, I want to just make sure that you know that, uh, that I've resigned as, as pastor of your church for four more Sundays. Um, and um, it's kind of a, <clears throat> for an emotional guy like me, bye. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful for I had a friend uh, sitting with it uh, again, my normal uh, Saturday afternoon, evening band Buffalo Wings visit. I was sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings with a friend last night, and he said to me, he said, Scott, well, he said, I guess for the next Sunday, you'll just be kind of phoning it in, won't you? And I thought, he was a, he's a good friend, and so I didn't, you know, jump all over him about that. <laughs> I just said, you know, I said, you know me. I said, I'm a pretty emotional guy, and um, uh, I'm looking forward to every moment that I have left with you guys. And um, I'm excited about the opportunity to share some things with you from the pulpit whatever you call that, music stand. I'm excited about the opportunity to share some of those things with you over the coming weeks, some things that um, are near and dear to my heart I want to say to you. And that's, that's very true this morning. Um, this message, I feel like God's my heart is, uh, is something that I think is so incredibly important. Let me, let me begin by just saying that preconceived ideas... Are, uh, are preconceived ideas are dangerous many times. Things that we form in our mind, ideas that uh, kind of get, get in there and get a hold and, and, and uh, preconceived ideas are dangerous. You can, you can ask the football team about that. I'm sure they had a preconceived idea that there was not going to be any problems yesterday in Norman. Preconceived ideas affect the way we think. Preconceived ideas affect what we hear. Preconceived ideas affect how we react to things. Preconceived ideas hinder our growth, because when we have preconceived ideas, typically, we're settled in our, we have it figured out, and so what that means is it kind of blocks us off from thinking differently or growing. How many preconceived ideas 
are we listening to right now? How many things do we have embedded in our mind? It's just the way that we see the world, the way that we think, the things that are just there, and everything that comes into our eyes and ears is kind of filtered by these things that are already there. Preconceived ideas are a huge part of our prejudices. Not. I mean, things develop in our mind from our family and the environment that we grow up in and the culture. I mean, there's just things that... I mean, listen, I, and I knew what this meant. Okay? I grew up that way. I know, I know. I have I, I just in preconceived idea about you and Texas. I I have preconceived ideas that OU is good and OSU is... It's it's not that OSU is bad, they're just inferior. (laughs) You know, it's just... That's what preconceived ideas do, right? I'm not about OU and OSU, correct? Things that we have embedded in our head impact the way we think, the way we see people, the way things that the way that we hear, the way that we react, and those things can be very, very damaging. But you know that's it's true in every aspect of life, including in our spiritual lives. Preconceived ideas impact us spiritually, all the time. In all the ways I've already said, because all of those things are spiritual as well, but then as we're talking about just thinking about the way that we think about spiritual things, preconceived ideas mess us up there because we grow up a certain way, taught a certain way, our church background or no church background, whatever it is. We have things Implant, we have things that are in our mind about other religions or other churches or other Christians even. Or let me even zero in a little bit tighter. We have preconceived ideas about Jesus. About God. And we all, every single one of us in this room have things in our head right now, in our mind right now, in our heart right now about Jesus or about God that are wrong. That are wrong. And, and I'm not saying that you're wrong in having those wrong. I'm just, that's part of it. It's, it's part of our existence, the fact that, that we can't completely separate ourselves from the fact that, that in, through the course of our life, you know, we, just, we, we don't get it right all the time and we... We, you know, one of the things that I hate to do is clean the garage. One of the reasons, one of the things that happens every time I clean the garage, I find a big tub of my old sermons full of cassette tapes. You guys know what the cassette tapes are? Yeah, a whole tub of cassette tapes. And used to, when I would clean the garage, I would find that and it would be like a, a joy. Oh. Look at this wealth of information. 
Look at this recorded audio of all these great messages. And every once in a while, I'd find it, and I'd pop one in, and I would pop it in, and I would listen, and I would say, oh, that's not so good. Take that out. I'll try another one. Pop that in. It's like, ooh. It's kind of crazy sometimes how I look back at my life and things that I've things that I stated and spoke about. It's just the way it is. It's about life. It's about growth. It's... We have things in our mind right now. We have things in our heart right now. We have preconceived ideas about Jesus and about God. And some of those things, not all of them, but some of them hinder us. They hinder our relationship with God. I want to today in the scriptures here of how that's common, how that's always been that way. I want to show you something uh, today in the scriptures that uh, speak to this idea of preconceived ideas. Turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to start in verse 32 in just a moment. I just want to walk you through five verses today that are going to just be an example to us of, of this idea of preconceived ideas. Mark chapter 32 it says that they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. Now let me just stop there for a moment. Now, lots of times throughout the Gospels, we have just kind of this narration of where they were going next. That's common. But this is a little bit different because it says, and they were on their way up to Jerusalem. And um, we, we learn from other Gospels that this is a moment in time where Jesus, it says, had set his face towards He had set his face towards Jerusalem. In other words, something was nearing. Something was going to happen. Jesus was on the move towards Jerusalem. And really, only Jesus knew what all that was going to entail. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I want you to understand today that, that many of uh, the disciples, I believe many of the disciples every time they came to Jerusalem and probably even especially right now, the disciples would start to get kind of uh, ramped up and excited or nervous or anxious because the disciples had in their mind what was ultimately going to happen one of these times when they went to Jerusalem. Do you know what that is, right? They, 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 they knew, they were this preconceived idea that Jesus at some point was going to walk into Jerusalem and he was going to take it over. He was going to become king of Jerusalem. He was going to lead the Israelites out of bondage to the Romans. And so they constantly, I think, were always thinking about when this is going to happen, when this is going to happen. And it says here that as they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus, leading the way, and the disciples, interesting words here, the disciples were astonished 
while those who followed were afraid. I think that has a little something to do with what I'm talking about. Thinking about what's about to happen. And it says again, he took the 12 aside and he told them what was going to happen. Now listen to Jesus, how direct he is. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. And three days later, he will rise. Now, this is as specific as Jesus has ever been about what is about to happen. I mean, he gives, you know, some real details here. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be condemned to death. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be spit on. He's going to be flogged. He's going to be killed, and he's ultimately going to resurrect. He's being very, very specific because the time is basically now. It's about to happen, and Jesus is, is, is wanting to, to, to help them understand what is about to happen. Now, here's what happens in this text that, that I think is... Uh, is humorous at first and then makes me introspective. Look with me now, the next verse, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do something for us, whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Now, I can't read those verses that I just read and not get confronted with the disconnect that the disciples had. They're following Jesus into Jerusalem. They're a bit antsy. They've got this idea in their mind of what is going to happen. So, so they're there and they're, they're thinking this may be it. This may be the time. This is, this is, excuse me, this is going to be the time. Excuse me. This is going to be the time that, that all these things in our mind is going to happen. And so Jesus, as they're walking, pulls them aside and says, listen, here's what's really about to happen. This is going 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 to happen. And the next verse, it says, James and John pulled Jesus to the side and said, oh, by the way, you know, when you get to Jerusalem and you become king, can we sit at your right and can we sit at your left? They didn't even hear him, did they? I mean, they, they did not even hear what Jesus was saying. They didn't hear him because they had in their mind this, this notion already. They were completely set. They were completely secure in their belief of what was about to happen. That Jesus would look them in the eye and say, I'm going there and I'm going to be tortured and I'm going to and what you're thinking is going to happen is not going to happen, and they didn't even hear it. Because their response was, hey, Jesus, when you get on that throne, can we sit with you on both sides? Now, before we get to that natural place where we say, man, what a bunch of dummies. 
before we get to that place where we just settle into that, you know, from afar, watching something and thinking, golly, you guys ever going to get it? I'm hit with the idea that I wonder how often I miss it altogether. I wonder how often Jesus is trying to say things to me, and because of my preconceived ideas, I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it at all. That's my question for you today is, are we hearing Jesus? Are we hearing God? Are we listening for God? Are we, when, when, when we read our Word, when we read our Bibles and we, we listen and we, we read about Jesus, do we hear? Really? Or do we hear what we believe? Or do we hear what we've already been told or what we always have believed or what we want to believe or what is convenient to believe? Is that what we hear when Jesus speaks? hearing we see the disciples having right now. Do we have... Selective hearing. The answer to the question is yes, we do. It's something we need to be aware of all the time, our tendency to have selective hearing. I'll give you a couple of examples. Not that we would ever fall for any of these. One of our favorite scriptures in all of the Bible Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Anybody heard of that before? Heard that, right? It's just kind of curious. Do any of us know any other passages in Jeremiah? You, you, you ever notice how we do that sometimes? How we're really good at finding a passage. And, oh yeah, that's the one right there. I'm going to listen to that one. I'm going to hear that one. I'm going to and listen. Please hear my heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a great passage. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't hang on to it. But I want you to understand today that we have selective hearing. We, we, we've taken that passage and we've turned into all kinds of things that we want to turn it into. Things that sound good to us and things that we want to believe. You know who that was written to, right? It was written to the Israelites in exile who were in, in, in a very tough situation. And, and God was saying that as encouragement, but they were, they were not in a good place. It was not a happy time. And I think sometimes we... We want so bad just to, to find certain things and hear from God that we can hear from Jesus, that we can grab a hold of, and, 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 uh, and that's good. But do we have selective hearing? I think about 
John chapter 10, verse 10. You don't need to look it up. You know it. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, right? And have it to the, the fullest. Man, what a great statement by Jesus. What a great statement by Jesus and absolutely something that we should understand and be taking in. But do we have selective hearing? Because that same Jesus who said, I have come that they may have life to the fullest, also said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Do we have selective hearing? We, we like passages like Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 when Jesus said, come to me all who are weary. I will give you rest. Or passages where, where Jesus said, whatever you ask for in prayer, and believe it, you will receive it. On and on and on, I could spend all day talking about passages that you and I, statements that Jesus says that you and I, we, we gravitate towards, we hang on to, and by itself, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I just want you to understand today that we need to, listen, if we're going to experience life and life to the fullest, we need to not have selective hearing. Because the same Jesus who said, Come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. The same Jesus who talks about the promises of prayer. The same Jesus who says life to the fullest is a Jesus who says things like whoever does not forgive will not be forgiven. The same Jesus who said those things would say things like love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who hate you. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? I want you to understand that selective hearing, preconceived, getting things just kind of set in our mind where we've got it figured out and we've got everything right there and we know what we believe and, and everything is going to get filtered that way. Listen, why do you think Jesus said so often, who hears to hear, let them hear? Do you think he was saying that because he did not really hear? everything. This is what I, I want you to understand this morning is that life is found in all of His words. Not just the ones that sound good to us right now. Life is found in all of His words. Especially even the hard passages. There's just as much life to be found in come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. There's just much life to be found forgive just as much life there if not more but our tendency is to have selective life is found in all of his work especially the hard passages especially those words that go against our preconceived ideas Firmly held beliefs. You understand that Jesus was crucified because his words and actions went against their strongly held beliefs, right? 
That's why Jesus ended up being crucified because his words and actions went against people's preconceived ideas and their strongly held beliefs. To this day, to this day, many, many, many of the Jews still reject Jesus because of their preconceived ideas about what the Messiah would look like. Still hanging on to those things, not being able to to open up their minds and hearts to, to who Jesus really was and their preconceived ideas would hold them back and continues in many cases to hold them back from from receiving Christ. Preconceived ideas and strongly held beliefs and traditions are incredibly dangerous. As I said, Jesus was crucified because of those things. And you know, I guess it may sound strange to say it this way. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Jesus' crucifixion. I don't want to repeat their mistakes. I don't want to get to a place in my life where because I've gone to church a long time, because I've been a preacher, because I, I this and that and all these things that, that, that somehow I end up not even ending up in a very same, a very similar position where I have so many things built up in my mind and heart that I can't, that I can't receive anything new from Jesus. I can't, I can't hear truth that tends to disperse the things that I'm hanging on to that, that are wrong or need to be uh, more whole or more complete. I want you to understand today, church, as I wrap up. God, Jesus, He wants to revolutionize your life. He wants to transform your life. If you desire that, if you want that, if you, if you want to, to, to be in that place over and over and over again where constantly you are being changed and moved by Jesus, if that's your desire, then listen very carefully to me. Let me give you some very simple points to remember. If you want to be continually transformed by Jesus, Read, read, read. Listen, listen, listen. Here's one that you might not be expecting. Unlearn, unlearn, unlearn. You think, wait a minute, I have a lot of good things. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we all have a lot of good things we don't need to unlearn. But if I can't get in a place in my life where I am, I'm surrendering and I'm at a place where I'm saying, God, whatever it is that you need to adjust and fix and alter and whatever it is you need to teach me that I'm missing and however I'm blinded and however my thinking is actually keeping you from doing what you want to do in my life, I have got to learn to sit back and just say, God, I'm open to whatever it is. Confront my thinking. 
Don't let me get to the place where I can't learn anymore because I have it figured out. Read, read, read. Listen, listen, listen. Unlearn. Unlearn, unlearn. And let me throw one last in there at you. Obey, obey, obey. Transformation and change and being in this relationship with Jesus, the relationship He intends to have with us where it's just this constant discipleship this constant learning. There's a lot of things going on inside of us that can actually hinder what it is Jesus is trying to do. And it takes humility. It takes a willingness and a courage to to listen and to be willing to to allow these things that have been so held so fastly, so strongly in your life, that to allow Jesus to even speak to those things. It takes that. And then it takes the courage to step out and to walk it out and to live it out. So when I think about things that I wanted to say to you in this month that we have together, One of the things that I just wanted to impress upon you today is do whatever you have to do to get before Jesus, to get before God, to get before Him in a place of humility and just say, God, whatever it is in my life that you need to change and you need to fix and whatever thinking you need to get rid of and whatever it is I've held on to that I don't need to be holding on to, whatever it is, I want it. Listen, there's nothing that can help you in your discipleship and your growth in life and a freshness with relationship with Jesus in being in that place where you are open. You are open to whatever He wants to say to you, however He wants to say it, no matter what it confronts in your life. Let's pray together. Father God, today we uh, want exactly that we want to just we want to position ourselves before you in a way that uh, allows you to speak whatever you want to speak say whatever you want to say confront whatever you want to confront uproot whatever you want to uproot change us however you want to change us God, that none of that's going to happen unless we, we kind of get in this place where we're looking to you and saying, we know that we've got some things wrong. We know that we're hanging on to some things that we shouldn't hang on to. God, we've got to get to that point where we realize our tendency, our tendency is to get to a place where everything is figured out. We've got it all together. And when I look at the example of people who've got it all together, whether it be people in Scripture or whether it be people around us or whether it be in our own life, when I see, when I see that, I see danger. We need you, Father. We need you to speak anew to us. 
teach us how to walk humbly before you. In a place where we're always looking and listening and hearing and obeying. Because that's the life that we said yes to. And we long for that today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Clay to come up. We're going to sing a song together. I just want to give you a couple moments as we, as we worship together and close out our service. I think, uh, think about the words of Jesus from Revelation when he says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you invite me in, I'll come in. And I don't know about you guys, but just I long for this real, ongoing, relevant, practical, timely, fresh relationship with Jesus. And I'm telling you today that one of the places that we find that is when we position ourselves before him and just say, God, speak to us, and I don't care what you confront. I don't care what you need to expose. Just speak to me, and I'll hear it. Stand up together, and let's, uh, let's sing a song together. And um, as we sing, if you, uh, you may need someone to pray with you today. We welcome you. We'd love to pray with you. Some kind of decision that you want to make for Christ, we want to encourage you to do that. Or if you stay right where you are and just uh, worship and think about uh, however God spoke to you today as we sing.